This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Submariner First Class, Cedric Espen Sump, A.O. Torching the Blindside Blue Paper once again. Yes, that is the sound of the Sumpster, camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. There is some suggestion that um, with Manu involved in the uh, cooking for the new submarine fleet that uh, there may be room in the uh, 2IC position to Manu for uh, the Sumpster. I'm just, I mean, it's running right all this stuff now. We're just loving what's happening with uh, ports and boats and noise in the water and cans and baked beans and getting the supplies in to be underwater for six years, all that sort of stuff. Well, that could be, we could lose him from the soundproof booth, this is Cedric, and he may be, in fact, too, I see to Manu on the sub, uh, I don't know, galley, I think is what the kitchen's called in a boat like that. Terrific idea. Australia, welcome to the bludge. HG Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week! What an incredible week! A week when too much board is barely enough. Now, an update on the blinkered nights and bowel cancer of Australia comedy extra- extravaganza. Hold up, Australia. Some very sad news from the tour Coalface. Shows in Mildura and Broken Hill have had to be cancelled this week due to injuries to the stars. Now, it was always a risk taking Hopper on tour. And after packed houses all week in the River Murray area, as I alluded to last week, one thing led to another on Thursday night. Well, both whole principal performers have been badly bruised in the on-stage reenactment hijinks. Uh, you know, look, we all know what Hopper does, but some people take offence. And sadly, I think the other partner in the whole Up Australia travelling party took offence and let one go at hospital. They're both, uh, sorry, let one go at Hopper. Now, the boys are both in hospital and the bludge sends best wishes to all associated with the whole and their friends and families. An update from Mildura Hospital suggests the boys will be back on the road in three weeks once the swelling has subsided. In New South Wales state election news uh, and the big vote off I remind people is on today in New South Wales. Obviously, if you're in other parts of Australia, don't bother you as you were. Uh, both major parties this week have committed $15.9 billion to the Big Bluey. The Rugby League Dog Refereeing Centre of Excellence, the Big Bluey, is to be built alongside the kennel in Belmore. The ambition is to have the first litter of pups running the line by late 2024. There's a big, uh, should I say, a family day at the Big Bluey on October the 12th, so as New South Wales taxpayers can see how the money is being spent and how wisely it's being spent and what they're getting from dogs at this early stage. Now, the centre is named after the dog that did so much for New South Wales Origin Rugby League when Gus Gould, Gus Gould, remember Gus? Uh, he was an incredibly good coach of the New South Wales Origin side and briefly his hands were on the leash and dished out the kibble to Bluey. 
Sadly, we don't know what happened to Bluey. It's a mystery of rugby league. We feel as though something went horribly wrong and uh, Bluey was no more. But the big Bluey pups from the first litter are going to be named, and this is a terrific gesture on behalf of the NSWNRL, uh, the first leader are going to be named after some of our great referees. And as I understand it, the following pups will be uh, front and centre. Harrigan, Jadwat, Gomisal and Stone. So that's going to be how the pups are going to be called after the great referees. And uh, the greatest re- game of all obviously had a tremendous round three last weekend. And now we're up to, well, the cannon exploding. Excitement across the nation. Unbelievable, unprecedented excitement. Now... Many big issues emerged, none bigger than the big night of hate last night when the Bronx took on the Finns. Well, it was a fantastic match. It was a fantastic match. The quality of the play was excellent. Um, The Broncos emerged winners at the end and obviously claim uh, bragging rights at Lang Park for another, well, six weeks until they meet again. Now, can I point out, uh, it disturbs people who don't live in Queensland uh, with origin looming, about what is exactly going to happen. Here we have two dominant Queensland sides and two supporting Queensland sides who look as though they're going to run away with the competition collectively. Uh, I don't know what Brad Fittler's going to do. He must be shitting himself. I'm telling you that for a fact. I mean, where is he going to find players to go up against all that lot? Anyway, sadly, the Finns hitman, Kafusi, is sliding the pine, having been outed for four weeks by the NRL Tribunal. It was a, it was a week of wild mayhem at the... Uh, at the AFL and NRL tribunals this week, and uh, the NRL, in their wisdom, judged Felice's tackle worth four on the point. That's our talkback topic. Was it worth four? Now, I know they're mitigating circumstances and all that sort of stuff, which we might get to, but uh, look, can I just say, uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, sure, the black had his back to him. Didn't know he was coming. Didn't realise it was Kafusi there. Thought it might have been one of the Bromwich brothers uh, and completely misjudged the situation. But in the end, it didn't look that bad. I mean... He makes tackles worse than that, from my point of view, every week. And uh, I don't know, look, it was a piece of old-fashioned school flattening Jackson Jackson Hastings in that way. Late, I'll give it that late, but motivated by hate, which can only be good for rugby league. The Dragons, remember them, the 11 on trot team, the $2 coin people? (laughs) Could Coach Coach Hook be looking for a job already? Apparently, all he has to do, he has to now reapply for the job he's got. In one of those things where cruelness comes to the surface at a rugby league uh, clubhouse down Cogra Way, Jubilee Oval, Taj Mahal, all of that. It's a catastrophe at Jubilee. I mean, what is going on there? Apparently they've lined up about eight people from ranging from Des Hasler to Jason Riles to take over. Could Des, incidentally, I've just suggested that Des Hasler could step up. I mean, funnier things have happened in rugby league. I mean, especially in a joint venture. Parramatta get the golden point on Thursday night. That's after uh, Moses signs on a lifeline for a million plus. People are saying he's not worth a million dollars. I tell you what, everybody at Parramatta Stadium last Thursday night thought he was worth a million dollars when he slotted the golden point over. I mean, sure, these things lose their gloss a bit in the following morning, but be that as it may, it was a moment. Now, and speaking of player movements, the Roosters now appear to be resigned to losing star, you know, big Joe Suwali. Because guess what? He's joined the old golf fruit and nut. Now, I just hope that the Suwali Brains Trust have had a careful look at the details of the new contract. I'm not suggesting anything's untoward. That would be wrong of me. But let me say these things. Joe gets a nice wedge from the tricolour at the moment. I think he's there till the end of the season. But anyway, 
uh, nice wedge from the tree killer and half a dozen of Steggall's finest sent round each week. Uh, no extra, no extra charge. Just half a dozen chooks come each week. It was a bit of syrup on the deal, which the Nick Polites organised. Now I just don't see the Wallabies able to match that sort of top quality shrinkage with, say, a box of picnics or crunchies once a month. They won't. They're just not able to. Speaking of the old gold fruit and nut, what about those tars? I mean, I say it every week and they never disappoint. It was just incredible. I think they're sort of second to bottom and with a chance of going bottom soon. Uh, tonight, of course, there's a send-off for Sats when the Coachwood and Myrtle take on the hated Manly Sea Eagles. Sats will be there to watch, if you know what I mean. Obviously, can't be there physically, but spiritually. I mean, he'd be swamping the joint. Um, the Bunnies are going to run on in a special shirt featuring the half-rabbit emblem in a tribute to one of the truly greats of the game. Now, look, I'm having a couple of rabbits before I watch the match. I'm going to roast them slow and serve them up with a bit of potato and, you know, obviously broccoli, just in spirit. And I've drawn onto my Parramatta jumper half a rabbit in tribute. So I'll be there in my Parramatta jumper eating rabbit with the half. You got it. I mean, what more can a bloke do? I mean, I, I'm no... Great rap for Souths. Uh, never really worried about them that much, except today I am. I'm eating rabbit. I'm wearing rabbit. What else can I do? Now, sex bans. Can they work for rugby league? I think one of the Bulldogs has famously stuck a sex ban on himself. And we go back to the great Jason Stevens, the former Cronulla Shark, who famously put a night tool ban on himself. Didn't seem the game didn't his game didn't seem to suffer. So let's hope uh, Kingy's game doesn't suffer as well. The idea is uh, really not taken off. Uh, you know, obviously sex bans come and go. Uh, you know, but who knows? This might be a talking point. You know, that we save up for grand final week because we were stuck for something to talk about in grand final week. <laughs> in, uh, you know, several months' time. So many questions at least, and uh, we have the rest of the season to find out the answers. Now, boxing, and no news, all very QT on the DC front. Uh, well, should I say except on the DC front. And the fight everyone wants to see has been tapped on the head again with SBW saying, there's no way, no way I'm getting into the ring with that ankle puncher gal, no way. Apparently the words have been dropped between them and the whole thing seems to have been torched by a dispute about money and a 60-40 split that, uh, predictably enough, Gal's not too keen about. He'd be on the worse end there. F1, and what a drive by Oscar Piastri in the uh, SA Stink, Saudi Arabia. I mean, the kid did everything wrong. He put the ice in the wrong door, had the feet up against the firewall. I mean, the crate was just red hot when it came back. But he's, you know, had no luck. Might have started last on the grid and blasted home into 15th spot, a drive that caught the eye of knowledgeable observers, including our DNF maestro, Mark Webber. And now to get the blindside barge away from the wall for another week, it's time to ask a man who is the voice of hope. I say this every week, and when you hear him, you'll understand what I mean by the voice of hope. Uh, time for him to step up for a spray. This week, the voice in these dark and stormy times is once again fully focused on the cost of living crisis that is overwhelming the uh, nation. This week, he's unearthed an, an instant coffee value pack of Nescafe Blend 43, 700 grams for $25.89. That's as good as it gets. The voice of hope belongs to the activated one rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, happy rugby league. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion? I use that word advisedly, bunny in motion, once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, Simon, don't! Yes, thank you very, very much, uh, H.G. Nelson. Happy rugby league, of course, to you and your uh, your family mm -hmm. and, of course, your, your friends. Uh, and perhaps your... 
the family of her friends as well. Uh, immaterial, uh, I, I don't care whether they're not associated with any particular clubs at all, whether they have no understanding of rugby league at all. I just like to spread the feeling of hope in rugby league. Um, now, also, happy rugby league HG to all decent, hard-working Aussies. Like the family I witnessed, this was uh, earlier in the week, HG. I didn't have a chance to talk with you about it before uh, we came on air. Uh, I was getting a pair of uh, socks at a sports outfitters. Mm-hmm. Club colours? No, no I, just... I didn't give a bugger. I just wanted white, you know, just just yeah. uh, just a pair of sports socks. Go with the volley, I see. Yeah. And uh, I, I uh, witnessed uh, a young family uh, the purchasing, they were outfitting their two young boys with football equipment. Now, they purchased... Uh, Football boots, socks, shorts, and a Guernsey. Mm-hmm. And it cost each of them, it was $256 each for each child. Any government subsidy None. on None. None. I mean, is it any wonder families are struggling at the moment? Two hundred. They they weren't the top top of the end, you know. They they no. weren't your you know your, your high your high end. Yeah, they were knockoffs. These were just your basic. Uh. To, you know, fit the kids out so they can run onto the paddock and have a game of rugby league. Uh, now, I'm wondering if, um, well, it's not right that it should cost that much. And I'm wondering if, if families can collectively bargain. Is that mean, possible? Whole team. Well, what, what, I would suggest that families queue up outside sports stores and start talking to each other. What, what are you after? Oh, we're after footing. Oh, we're, so are we. So you've got 10 families, let's say 20 kids, you go in, speak to the proprietor and say, look, we want 20 boots, 20... You see what I mean? Yeah, I know. Can you come up with a, a better deal for well, us? Peter Wynn's score would help them out. Would they? Yes, they would. I'm sure they would. They've got a collective... Do they collectively bargain? Yeah, they've got a department. A have whole they department. got a collective bargaining Policy. department there? They, they have. They have. They've got about 30 people employed in there. Have it's they? Gangbusters. How can they afford to employ 30? I tell you how they afford it. Because you're paying $125 for a Guernsey. $125. It's outrageous. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're made. I bet they're not made here. I bet they're made like Sri Lanka or somewhere like that for I about thought, six cents. I thought you were going to say China. Well, maybe China. I yeah, don't but, know. Yeah, but of course we're at war with China. I don't know. No, no. I don't know where they're made. Fair enough. Anyway, it's outrageous. What about them Socceroos with the 3-1 win over Ecuador? Oh. It was fantastic. I don't know if you watched it, actually. I think Channel 10 covered it, and they covered it very well, almost professionally. Mm-hmm. Three cameras. Did the light stay on? The light stayed on, Good. unlike That's the AFL. AFL. <laughs> yes, the light stayed on, and uh, about 20,000 people, uh, you know, genuine, hard-working, Aussies. caring Aussies. Yeah. Who, who love their crosses. soccer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much they paid going through the gate. I don't know. I don't want to mm. go there. No. You certainly can't collective bargain there. <laughs> More's the pity. Uh, Aaron Finch, oh, Mitchell yeah. Marsh and Marcus Stoinis, uh, they've joined the lucrative US Cricket League. Oh, I saw this. Now, what is going on what here? What is going on? I don't know who they're playing for. They might be playing for San Francisco or someone like that or maybe somewhere in New York. I, I've no idea. I don't know how the this US Cricket League goes. I don't, I don't know what to... I'm know. pretty sure there's a Canadian team. Canadian team? Yeah, but because of the... What, Timberwolf style? Yeah, very much Timberwolf style. Okay. 
And, oh, well, that's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so they, you've got a, a team a of locals. Aussies, a team of Canadians. And what about the locals? Are there any? I, I think the Aussies have to play for American teams. So I don't think they All can right. have, uh, you know, the kangaroos. Oh, okay. The kangaroo killers. No, okay. Okay. Anyway, it's, it's very exciting. And it's exciting for Americans to be able to bet. Have a look at Aaron Finch and Mitchell Marsh. Eh? They'll be astonished. Astonished. They'll be appearing on all the talk shows, you know, won't they? Yeah. And soon Mitchell Marsh will become the most hated person in Australia he may well. and America. Yeah, right? he may well. No one else has done that. No. No, no, no. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I look forward to seeing them on your, your cold airs, that sort of show, yeah. you know. And what Here the... we have Mitchell Marsh. Mitch, and... what's happened to Sean? Oh, he's just retired. No way. Um, and they get the odds, you know, they get the odds on, yeah. you know, say Mitchell Marsh scoring any runs. That's right. Oh, Mitchell Marsh did pretty well in India. I know. Very I know. well in India. I know. He became personality of the he year. Did. Now, I was speaking of which, Australia bashed up India in the uh, T20 to win the win the, series, the T20 series. I mean, we didn't win the Test series, but we won the T20 series. And by golly, hasn't Smith turned the team around? The selectors have some very difficult decisions to make. Would you say ethical decisions? No, I don't know about ethical, but if they want to, where are we off to next? The Ashes, and yeah, I think we play uh, the World Test Championship oh, yeah, against World India. Test, yeah, so in that, London at, though, uh, at the Oval, I think. Would that be interesting? Oh, I think it'll be fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. But uh, we assume uh, our current skip will be back. What do you do with Smith? I mean, Smith has turned the team around. I mean, they were rubbish in India that first two tests. They were. And suddenly, the fortunes of the team has changed. No, Coincided. no, I'm not disagreeing with you for one minute. I'm thinking about I think whether... Smith is prob- probably the better captain. I, 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 oh. I, I don't want to admit that, but, but I think that oh, he's appears miles to be the captain. case. He's a miles better Much captain. Much better captain. Yeah. But remember, of course, poor old Cummins yeah. got stuck in there because they didn't want Smith there because of ethical reasons. I know, I know, ethical reasons, yes. But let's yes. face it, everybody cheats at cricket. Yeah, well, surely he's served his penance. Sure. Yeah. Surely, sir. Surely yeah, we're going back two or three years now, perhaps I more. I mean, it was pre-COVID, wasn't it, when the sandpaper gate can emerged I ask, from South Africa? Can I, Surely can, we've got to bury the hand. So start again. Smitty, we, come in. I mean, there is talk of Warner being putting his hand up for captain. Good. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> now, can I point out mm. that those that test, the yes. third test in India, surely was redemptive enough for yes. Smith to be able to Forget all the South African drivel and yeah, telling sure. the brains to go out there and work out something. Yes. You can tell me what it Don't tell me, etc. Get somebody to rub sandpaper on the ball. Mm. Anyway, I agree with you that uh, Oscar Piastri, that 15th was marvellous in Saudi Arabia in Grand Prix. The important thing is he beat his teammate Norris. Yes. He was told to, though, I think. Yeah, I know. He beat <laughs> I like Norris. That. I don't like Norris. Verstappen esque. Yes, he is, isn't he? There's something often very unlikable about racing car drivers. Don't know what it is. Don't know what it is. They're just unlike. Look, look at Van Ginsburg. <laughs> eh? Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, less said about Van Ginsburg. I mean, he's New Zealander anyway, isn't he? He's not our problem. The trouble is, we've got to look at him every now and again. Uh, now, Carlos Alcatraz, or Alcaraz, I should say. Alcatraz is the, a bad name. Yeah, it's not a bad name. Uh, this is the uh, the um, Spanish. New, new tennis Spanish wunderkind <laughs> is back to world number one, taking out Medvedev with absolute ease. Absolute 
ease. Mm. There was a hell of a lot of daylight between Alcaraz and uh, Medvedev, and Medvedev's a terrific player. He was just made to look very, very ordinary by this wunderkind. <laughs> and it's been a while since we've been able to use oh, yeah, that true. term wunderkind. I think it? Becker it, was the last. Who was? Boom, boom, Becker. Yeah. Well, he was a wunderkind. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Um, it is a long time ago. I think McEnroe was a wunderkind. Oh, yeah, obviously. Back in the day. Wunderkinds. I suppose little Leighton Hewitt oh, was a bit incredible. of a wunderkind. Yeah, I think he might have beaten uh, Agassi he, once He in, did. In he Adelaide. beat Agassi in Adelaide. Yeah. When he, he was 14 or something. Yeah, that's right. That's something, right. Well, that's wunderkindish, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Can't take that away from him. Form of wunderkind. Why isn't he introduced that way? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm form sure of wunderkind, little Leighton Hewitt. I suppose he yeah, is. Yeah, he is. We he don't, is. just don't go to those gigs anymore. No, we don't. Now, has Jason Day narrowly avoided becoming Australian golf's forgotten man? Hang on. I think he's back. He's bounced back. Tiger's reached out to him and offered him some advice. I didn't know that. Don't know what the advice might be. Just uh, retire. play a natural game. I suppose that's what he said to him. Anyway, Jason is playing his natural game and seems to be doing reasonably well. well. He's turned it around a little bit. Speaking of forgotten men, Hensby is now 1304. One three oh four in the rankings, yes, not quite forgotten, but heading that way. Now, disturbing news this week. I might have discussed this with you, HG. I know you were pretty disturbed by it as well, and that is the great Lonro has been retired from stud duties. I don't, I don't get this at all. I don't understand this at all. Rooting King lives for stud work. It's the only thing that keeps him going. Yeah. Apart from I mean, he would have no McAbee. purpose in life. No. If he was just, you know, left in the paddock to you know, eat a bit eat. of grass and go to the toilet. Hmm. But no, he's, he's, you know. He's putting in. He's putting in. He yeah, loves I it. I know. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, no, that's true. That's so I've, I've seen him. I reckon there's a story there with Lonro. I don't know what the story is, but I don't like the sound of it. And nobody <laughs> said anything about what the reason is. There was just this blanket. Oh, Lonro is, you know. Off the job. He's, he's off the job. No journalist, to my mind, has said why. Why isn't Lonro still performing? What's wrong with Lonro? Mm-hmm. I mean, Lonro's only about 25, I think. Mm. Young. Young. <clears throat> uh, middleweight Isaac Hardman thinks there is something fishy about the way boxing bouts are being judged here in Australia. Fishy. Now he lost, didn't he? Recently? He did. He do, He did. Might have been. Who did he lose to? Uh, Munro was that his name? Can't quite recall. Uh, Rowan Murdoch, mm-hmm. I think he lost to, oh. and described the judging as fishy. And I, I would have thought, oh well, this is just sour grapes coming from a bloke who's just uh, you know, lost, lost. But Jeff Fenwick stepped up and agreed that it was fishy. Now, if anyone knows fishy. Jeff Fennick. Jeff Fennick does. Azuma Nelson. Yes. We rest our case. We're, we do. Remember you... in the Olymp- might have been the Olympic Games when Jeff just sat down in the middle of the... I do. Who can forget that? I was never so proud. No. Somebody had to make he didn't. Know, he knew it was fishy. Yeah. He knew yeah. he'd won and been judged the loser. Yeah. And so he sat down in the middle of the ring and, and refused to move. Out. Wouldn't get out. Wouldn't get out. No. They held wouldn't up get the, out. Held up the Games for about three days. Yeah, it did. It now, did. fishy, what are you defining as Fishy. Fishy. You know, like obviously stinks. Stinks. Yeah. Not right. Not right. Mm, fair enough. Not right. So maybe maybe Hardman feels as if he should have won against Murdoch. I think that's the impression I, think I that's get. The... And I think Jeff 
who may agreed. or may not be a friend of Hardman, I don't know, let's say he is, he agreed that Hardman should have won. Yeah. <laughs> now, there were a lot of people at that bout who swore to me, mm-hmm. swore to me yeah. that Hardman had won. Wow. Yes, that's how fishy it is. You, were, you didn't ask him for a... No, I didn't. What did you think of the bout? No, no, no. no. Just people just came up to me. Boy. Hey, did you smell that? Yeah. I said, what are you talking about? That judgment, oh, Hardman. Yeah. Now, speaking of fishy, General Motors, that is the general, him. will cease producing the Chimera next year. Now, this leaves us with only one muscle car for the V8 supercars, the Ford Mustang. So it's going to be just Mustang v Mustang. But won't um, there's no more there's no more muscle cars coming out from the general. No, no new general. But what's motors. wrong with BMW making a muscle car? Oh, but they don't. No, fair enough. They don't. Have they been asked? I don't know. But it's up to I don't know. It's up to Australia to produce its own muscle car. Well, we used to with the Commodore, didn't that we? Was a brilliant car. They're brilliant cars. Yeah. Surely you could drag out an old Commodore and fit it up. I don't know. Maybe you could. But but Where does it go V8 supercars are gonna have no more no meaning. Yeah, no meaning. That's the problem, isn't it? No meaning. Yeah. If it's just you know Mustang, Mustang, Mustang. Mustang, 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 Mustang. <laughs> First was Mustang and then you've got to talk Last about was Mustang. And then you've got to talk about Van Ginderberg. And who wants to do that? No one. True. True. I hadn't thought of it like that. I think Vin, Van Ginsburg, I think he might be in a Chimera. Well, where's he going to drive? He's, they're going to have to shoe on him into a bloody Mustang. Well, I'm telling you now, Van Beaver, he's not going to sit in a Mustang. He hates Ford. Van Ginsburg, I mean, you might disagree with him. Yeah, you, know, you might like, like him, him, but I know where he stands on Ford's hates him. Wonderful week for the uh, greatest game of all, of course, HG. Now, Kalen Ponga has gone to Canada for a special brain scan. I don't know why the scan couldn't have been done in Australia. I don't know what facilities the Canadians have that we don't, but it's a disturbing thing if uh, a player who's, you know, suffering from potential concussive issues has got to go to Canada to get And does Canada have any experience with rugby league? None. That's what's the disappointing Oh, hang on. Didn't they? The Tomahawks. The Tomahawks. Thank you. American. Yeah, I know, but wasn't there Timberwolves? Timberwolves, yes, that's right. They played they in the, played in the London, London competition. competition. So okay, they so do have some experience. Yeah. Okay. So we'll – anyway, let, let's see what happens with that. But it's, it's, it's very weird and it makes our, it makes our uh, medical system look second rate. God ordinary. God ordinary. Mm. I mean, what sort of special bloody scan could he be having that you couldn't have here? Beggar's belief. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it quite like that. I mean, he's in the Newcastle area. We've got Newcastle Hospital. Wonderful World-leading hospital. World class. Yeah. World class. Yeah. But, Brilliant. oh, no, couldn't, couldn't fit in Bongo. Oh, no, couldn't get him a scan. That's a bloody embarrassment. I know you offered to have him round at your place. I did. I was quite happy to have, have, have him scanned. Oh, I've got, got mates in the business who yeah. do a bit of do scanning. scanning. That fit him in. Now, I think you've alluded to Anthony Griffin being on the nose at St George. I think he is on the nose. There's something fishy about Anthony Griffin. Well, the, St George. Isn't there? Something fishy about St George. Mm. And when is the Gould probe yeah. report into St George? When's that going to be published? Eh? The public has a right to know what, what 
the Gould report is. And have we seen the improvement in St George? No. Since the Gould report came out? No. Has anyone talked about the Gould report? No. We're the only people talking, We're the about, only people talking about the Gould, Gould report. report. And we haven't seen it. I don't know about you, but I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it. it. I'm, I'm, I'm on the blower to Buddy St George every second day of the week saying, you know, g'day, Roy here. Yeah, what do you want, Roy? I want the Gould report. Can't have it. Why not? I don't know. That's as far as you get. Yeah. There's a story there. There is. 60 there, Minutes. There is a story Eye there. Eye of the Storm. I'd love to see it on Haim too. Yeah. That would be a terrific story to, for Haim. For Haim, yeah. yes. And, of course, uh, Sats uh, left us during the week. You know, I never got to know Sats. I didn't. But uh, very, very popular fellow yeah. off, the, off the paddock. You couldn't meet a gentler, lovelier fellow. No. He was a demon on the on the park. Yeah, Did you expect that? He loved his rugby league. league. He, yeah, he played rugby with league. rugby league values. Yeah. Old fashioned rugby. Old fashioned rugby league values. Hard. He was mm. a hard fellow mm. on the paddock, mm. but you couldn't meet anyone gentler off. And my enduring image of Sats HG is the pride on his face when he when he saw his son Scott with that sweeping cover tackle in the grand final playing for Penrith that sealed the match for them. The look on Sats's face said it all. It said that, rugby league, this is the greatest game of all. Make of that what you will. Are you having trouble telling a Rosella parrot from a drone? A 747 from a falcon? A punch in the head from a love tap? You need the latest in visual recognition technology from the profs at Slaven Labs. As Tavita Pengai Jr. said last week on A Current Affair, yeah, no alley, Roy's VRT is great. I see them coming and going now and tell a vacant toilet cubicle from a love shack. Get your VRT headwear hardware from bludging on the blind side. Now, Roy, coming to one of the big stories of the week, obviously, Sats, uh, I can echo your thoughts entirely when I reveal that Bob McCarthy, the former, you know, South Superstar... Uh, well, he'd played with Sats. He did and knew him yeah. very well, said uh, it was a sensational gesture by the club to use the torn emblem. Yes. Apparently his, you know, in the shirt of the famous grand yeah. final, it was broken. Yes. His presence at South made so many people happy. Mm-hmm. He was a gentle, kind... Uh, gentle and kind to every supporter who came up to him, even after a loss, mm. which can challenge people, can. especially rugby league. never challenge Sats, though. No. People who came up to him couldn't believe it was the same person out on the field. He'd rip other players' heads off mm. and then sit there with old grandmothers talking about cats and dogs uh, while the rest of the club would get on the drink. Yeah. Now, isn't that a beautiful image? It is. In the grandstands at Old Redfern Oval. Yes. Beautiful Oh, they probably would have gone back to the South Juniors. South Juniors and yes. got on the pokies with a beer sure. in hand and so sure. on. Sure, But Sats was out there. I don't there. know if Sats liked the pokies that much. No, no, that's what I mean. Sats, sit, sat Sats in the grand, would sit with people with grand, and talk. Yeah, cats and dogs. Cats and dogs, yes. Now, <clears throat> what do you think about the match tonight as in, is it? A, it's a fitting tribute really, isn't it, Manly mm. and South? Just Gizmet made that possible. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, are you doing anything uh, well, special well, at your place? Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be watching it. But uh, I, I, like you, I'm hoping to uh, snare a rabbit, snare a bunny between now and then. I don't know where I'm going to go, probably go up the mountains or something. I put a couple of traps out last weekend, so maybe something will have 
popped up. Popped up by then, I hope so. But and will you do the, the thing is, Sats, Sats hated Manly. Yeah. Well, see, everyone hated Manly. Well, nothing much has changed. <laughs> but uh, Sats always kept something in reserve for Manly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might have been a Manly bloke who broke his jaw in the grand final. I think that's right. Yeah. And they tried to track down that that guy's that feeling poorly as well, apparently. Is he? Yes, yes. I should remember his name. Right. He's still embarrassed about uh, breaking Sats' jaw with his elbow. I suppose he should. I don't want to put words no, into his I, mouth. I, I, no, yeah, no, but, no. But I take your point. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I do. Well, because th- that haunted him for the rest of his life and probably still is haunting him, no matter where he goes, that bloke. Uh, yeah, yeah. The whispers, you know, he walks into a shop to buy some milk. Yeah. Word goes around, that's the bloke who Knocked over broke Sats' jaw. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and changes everyone's. Opinion. Opinion, yeah. About the store. Doesn't matter how kind or gentle the bloke seems, you know. He's the bloke who used his elbow to break. Do you reckon that should have been a statue for rugby league? I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But yes. why I'm suggesting that is, mm. you know, that the rugby league's so blessed with art. You know, the Wally yeah. Lewis statue, the sure. the you know, obviously the gladiators. You know, as part of the uh, yeah, as part of the uh, you know trophies and all that sort of stuff. Great, great art. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just wondering if one of those moments could have been captured in steel mm. for perpetuity. Yeah. Because let's face why it. Why not? Why not? I mean, there's no, there, I don't think there is a statue of Sats anywhere, is there? Not that I know of. Not that I know I, of. I'm no expert on the statues. Well, there was the never league. any talk of Sats being an immortal, and why not? Well, is, quite. Is it, you know, why not? Is yeah. it too late? I don't think so. Hmm. Speaking of immortals, um, I noticed... It was John Bucknell who Bucknell, wrote... Bucknell, that's right. Bucknell. I, I was yeah. going to say Lindsay Drake, but it wasn't Lindsay Drake. It was John Bucknell. Who broke his jaw yes. back in the day. Yeah. Well, that haunts, him, that haunts him now, Bucknell, no matter where he goes. Well, even the name, when you say it, I feel as though no one's used that name since. No. Because of the haunting nature of... Well, that's right. No one's ever mentioned a statue of Bucknell, <laughs> have they? No talk of Bucknell being an immortal. No, sir. He's, he's more up the uh, Les Boyd end, isn't mm, he? Mm, mm. Sort of hard man mm. that no one mm. likes. Now... On this topic, I did notice that uh, Andrew Joey Johns, in his column, his thought-provoking column, with God, I always read it first thing on Thursday mornings. Yes. He says, in in passing, I'm a fir- firm believer that there's not enough hate in the NRL and mm. we need more rivalries. So I can't wait for the Broncos Dolphins to play their first Brisbane derby. Yes. The game is built on rivalries. This is Joey. And I mm. think over time, this will get bigger and bigger and spicier and nastier, which is what we need. Yes. And I'm thinking, hello, where's yeah. this coming from? Is this official line now? Is that we need mm. more hate? I come to my... Headline from last week when I think the Roosters play the Rabbits and the great headline was, no, mate, no state, just hate. Just hate, yeah. Now, well, well, is, is this the, what the Man of Feathers calls tribalism? Is that what... Uh, well, you see, this is what, what worries me. What Andrew's on about? I think so. Is yes. He, Could he, I suggest, HG, how about a no respect round of rugby league? Wow. No respect Eh? An excellent idea. I think so. And can People you... really get behind that. Okay, so we come to the matches. They yeah. would... No respect. Are you picking teams that have no respect? Like, let's well, say. Well, no one has any respect for Manly. No, do they? obviously, but not every team can play Manly in the no, no respect round. No, I know, round. but there'd be everyone queuing up wanting to bloody play Manly in the no respect round. Yeah. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Would you say Eels and Panthers, no respect? Not quite. Oh, 
It's a bit softer, A little bit. Yeah. Well, Cronulla and St George, there's no respect. Roosters and Rabbits. Roosters and Rabbits, no respect there. that way. And now here's one for you. Cronulla enforcer Royce Hunt has warned Canberra's Corey Horsborough. Now there's two. There's Cronulla. And uh, obviously Canberra. Right. No respect there. No respect there. No. He's, this, anyway, Royce Hunt is, is planning retribution after their on-field scrap saying the Sharks will go after the weak-gutted dog next time. Now, this goes back. That's, that's quoting Sticky, back, it is, at his, back at his team. Yeah, I know. It's sort of, I, you'd have to have a very thorough knowledge of rugby league feuds yes. to know where this is coming from. Weak-gutted dog. Yeah, a furious hunt. With Sinbind in the Sharks lost to Canberra on Sunday, that's mm-hmm. last Sunday. Yeah. After the um, after he landed a jumper punch to the head of Horsburgh. Mm-hmm. Horsburgh, by the way, looks as though he could play in Game of Thrones quite easily. Right. And I think is Hors- two- Horsburgh the, the weak gutted dog in this case? I think he is. He's, right. he's pr- been promoted to the gutted dog. Mm-hmm. And he I think he got two tries from memory wow. in that match. Good. Anyway, Horsburgh during the second half, Hunt frustrated by the altercation accused Horsburgh of hiding behind Jack Whiten after holding his Cronulla rival in a scrum and pushing him to the ground. Right. The Cronulla prop has already noted the Sharks' final round clash with Canberra and he's going to keep it in mind. Whoa. We'll see if he fronts. Mm. I've never seen a front rower hide behind a halfback. You can't just hold me, uh, hold me in and push me over yeah. and not expect anything. I was a bit upset about that. Yeah. It's what it is. It's rugby league. We get on, it'll, uh, uh, you know, and bash him in the next game. Right. Now, is this, is this useful? Well, that's, that's, that is useful. That, it, it, it reinforces tribalism. It uh, supports Joey Johns's call for more hate. Uh, and that's the sort of thing, that lovely story that would be leading up to no respect round, wouldn't it? Well, that's exactly what I mean. So we got Canberra now. We're starting yeah. to get a pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Obviously, roosters and rabbits. Yep. Uh, raiders and sharks. Yes. Anybody against Manly. Yes. Now, we've almost got the half round there. Yeah. And let's say Broncos and Dolphins can work on it and get a bit of something going. Sure. Well, they can. What about Storm? Who's, who's their nemesis? Oh, I don't know. You know, Storm. Storm. Don't Would you know. accept Storm and Dragons? Well, no, because we've got Dragons a... and Cronulla. That, that, oh, we've, we've got, I think, for our... Canberra and Cronulla. Canberra. I, well, that's this... this uh, oh, that, that, that's your weak gutter dog yeah. position. Yeah, uh, right. Okay. Well, oh, that... I mean, I'm, I'm open to these things. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's up to Storm people to decide who they hate most. Right. And maybe put in bids to, to yeah. the man of feathers and say, well, okay, no respect around, love it, but we want to play manly on that weekend. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Adam Reynolds is honoured to feature, obviously, last night in the first stinker th- armour at Lang Park. Yeah, he did Broncos. well, Reynolds. He did yeah, well. very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos v Dolphins. But says it'll be another 100 years before the game's latest rivalry gets anywhere near the hatred that exists between the, his old club, South Sydney, and the Roosters. Wow. 100 years. Reynolds... Uh, well, should I say, Dolphins Chief Executive Reader declared over the week an all-Queensland derby intensity would eventually surpass the 115-year-old feud between, obviously, the Foundation Club's Rabbits and Roosters. Wow. Reynolds admired Reader's ambition but told uh, the Nine newspaper uh, a rivalry between required hatred, which the Broncos and the NRL newcomers were yet to develop. We don't really hear or see anything about Redcliffe. Well, this is very sad news. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a Redcliffe jersey in town. Right. And they're still about 45 minutes out of Brisbane. We're probably just as close to the Gold Coast as we are to Redcliffe. Mm. 
The NRL and Wayne Bennett have done a fantastic job getting Redcliffe up and running. This is Adam Reynolds. They've been a great success. I'm typically dot, dot, dot. In terms of finding a reason to hate Redcliffe, it's hard because there's actually no reason to hate him. It's hard to manufacture something that doesn't exist. They've pinched a few of our players over the years, and next year they're signed a few more, but that's about it. Mm. When you're part of the South's Roosters rival, you're born to hate the other. Families talk about pure hate. Pure hate. That went on back in the day. It's like a religion, what you always say, Roy. Now, the Broncos and the Redcliffe rivalry will get there, but it might take 100 years to get to be, you know, as bad as the Well, can we accelerate the hate there, HG? I I think we have to. I mean, could we introduce it into schools? Um, Hang on, how would this work? Well, I'm, I'm not opposed. To no, no, I'd no, love no, to no, see no. Well, well, let's say you're you're a primary school in the Redcliffe area, and teachers would be able to explain just how hated Broncos are, and teach the kids to hate Broncos. Um, you could. You, 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 You'd hold up a photo of Wally Lewis and say, who's this? You know. Now, are you suggesting... It's easy to do. And, and you just reinforce it every day. Hands up those who hate the Broncos. What about you, Smith? Yeah, I hate him. Right. Put your hand up then. All right, hands down, everyone. Now. Just once a day. <laughs> That's all you need. Different times. Different times. Now, could you, are you suggesting that we have... Obviously, we've got a lot of focus on STEM, yeah. but we put STEM H on the agenda, right. which is obviously STEM, you know, maths, et cetera, engineering or whatever that, right. that is yeah, stand yeah, for. Yeah. And the H stands for hate sure. in rugby league. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm yeah. not opposed to that. No. I'm not opposed to that. No. And no, so. No, no. I, but, 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 and, I think it could work starting in schools. And if someone's mucking up, behaving poorly, you say, stop behaving like a Bronco. Or. Uh, you're a Bronco today, aren't you? No, I'm not, sir. I'm not a Bronco. Well, you're acting like a Bronco. I don't want to be a Bronco. Well, sit out and shut up. Now, how about this? You uh, maybe in the Redcliffe area yeah. and you invite, uh, say, Paul Harsh to come and talk to the kids. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden he can't get a word out because of the monumental booze and spitting on him when he turns up. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's a bit cool to harsh. It is. And I don't mean oh, anything. he'd be up for it. Oh. He, he wouldn't mind paying harsh. No, true. It'd just been require the principal to reach out, you know, phone Kevy and say, yeah, look, can Payne come up to the Redcliffe Primary this week just for, you know, we won't need for 10 minutes. Yeah, not a problem. I'll send him up. <laughs> 4B or not 4B, the Burgess Brothers story is now a podcast. 26 episodes of the injuries, the suspensions, the send-offs, the stuff-ups, the bust-ups, the bumps and the glamour of a family that stayed together to play rugby league. Now available wherever you hear Bludging on the Blind Side. Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, before we go to the news, which is pressing, Roy, mm. your idea is the no respect round. Yeah. Is it counter to the ambition of respect in 2023, as in the it's a sort of an inversion of the normal order of things, mm-hmm. you know, like the uh, employees take over the, or the lunatics take over the asylum. Oh. No, no, I can't use those terms anymore. Right. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean. You know, so, so it becomes a real celebration in all aspects of society for a week. No respect spills out into the community. Is that what you mean? Well, I've, you've taken it. Well, the police might have 
to have some input there because, you know, we don't want anarchy on the streets. No, well, I think... We want the, it to be controlled. Yeah. Don't we? Inside the game. Inside, yeah. inside the I, venue. I think we quarantine it to the round of rugby league yeah. and, and leave it at that. Okay. I think. Uh, Spud, it, Spud from Port Macquarie, she's saying that... Um, uh, happy rugby league. Mm, good. In true non-objective fashion, I doubt this fact will ever see the light of day, but at least Bob McCarthy told the truth that he and Sat started it and poor old vilified Bucknell simply retaliated and Satlar coincidentally later, half an hour later, kicked Bucknell in the head while he was on the ground. But that's pure rugby league. Well, that's rugby league, isn't I it? I mean, I would have thought that was obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the game of rugby league, especially in those days. So yeah, well, more... Bucknell, Bucknell wasn't the sort of bloke just to, out of the blue, break someone's jaw. He had to be provoked. You'd have to provoke Bucknell, wouldn't you? I think so. I think so. <laughs> That's um, my understanding. Get him out to talk back, actually. Our result of last week's talk oh, back, yes, do you want dogs as refs? Yeah. 100% yes. Right. And hundred percent. Did you like the ideas that have come in? Oh, you know, yeah. The big Subsequently, blue. Sure. Yeah. I and, love all that. Yeah, good. Love all that. Now, today's topic, um, does rugby league need a voice in cabinet? <laughs> yeah, wow. So, um... Is that elected position or appointed, if you know what I mean? Oh, I think appointed. So the rugby league appoints somebody to... Yeah, Volandis would... Uh, yeah, have a look it'd at be Abdo or someone, I suppose, oh. just to poke his head into cabinet and let him know what's happening with rugby league. And would... You know, only maybe once, whenever it's once sitting... A week? Yeah, oh, not necessarily. Like, just, just you know. so many issues. I know. I mean, the dog, the refereeing of dog yeah. refereeing. I mean, that's an issue in itself. I suppose. Take weeks to get that up and running. I suppose. And especially if you're going yeah. to spend twelve point nine million mm. on the big bluey. Now, if people want to phone up, that's great. Does rugby league need, need a voice in cabinet? <laughs> uh, there, there'll be no one to uh, take, take your call. calls. But, but we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you anyway. Right now. I must say the Suwali incident uh, is something to ponder on too, isn't it? I mean, here well, we Well, have... it was just a great deal that his manager, who might be Mitchell Moses' brother, is the manager. I think that's right. Isaac Moses. Isaac I, Moses. I haven't got the right Did name. Did a great there. deal. Yeah, great he deal. He squeezed the lemon at Easts yeah. and he squeezed the lemon with the, row, with I the Wallabies. I know. And more... My understanding is that, you know, he's going to get still a lot of chooks. Is he? He's getting chooks while he's playing for the oh, Wallabies. Yes, that's right. And if he returns to Easts... He'll still be getting free chocolate. Great deal. At the October meeting, the Reserve Bank of Australia pointed out that many cryptocurrencies are worthless rubbish. But the board gave a big tick to those cheeky cryptos, the Guffo and the Maroonarium. Get the Guffo with a AAA rating and the Maroonarium now with a pay later facility through bludging on the blind side. Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side and a very warm welcome to everybody in Queensland. Obviously, Queensland Rugby League is going through the roof. The uh, Dolphins and the Broncos um, match, which we dissected before the news, is a terrific testament to everybody involved in Rugby League north of the Tweed. Uh, now, if you do want to get involved in the uh, bludge, 0467920222 is the text line. That's 0467920222. Or the old style, you know, snail mail way of attacking, bludging on the blind side, RoyanHG at abc.net.au. RoyanHG at abc.net.au. And the following people have... Yes, uh, actually, just on the text, Chris has been in touch. 
He says John Bucknell is now a lovely, gentle old Buddhist and an organic veggie farmer who looks after his old mum. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. That's the Bucknell I remember. Organic farming and rugby league yes. have travelled hand in hand for a very long time. Well, see, life's a journey, isn't it? It is. Beautifully put. Life is a Be- journey. Beautifully put. Yeah, and he was provoked that day when he broke Satz's jaw. Mm. He was provoked. Well, a kick in the head will do that to you. It will, mm. especially if you're on the ground not expecting it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Now, uh, Tom is suggesting stop behaving like a bronco has just become a new favourite admonishment in my house. Well, see, that's how you start it. That's how you get the hate going, isn't it? And, you know, in other you know, places it'll be stop behaving like a dolphin. Well, can I point out that in the past we considered things are un-Australian. That's things right. Like, now it's un well, yeah. now, being like a bronco. Being like a bronco is being un-Australian. Is that correct. what you're suggesting? That's, what I'm suggesting. that's the implication. The implication. Well, that's how you start hate. Uh, Mary's been in touch. Uh, so I just want to let you know that I regularly visit my elderly mother, Shirley, and her friends in an aged care facility in Canberra. Yes. Uh, if I'm fortunate enough to be there by three o'clock, I'm included in the afternoon tea and offered tea or coffee from the trolley along with a couple of milk arrowroot or scotch finger biscuits. Magnificent eating. I can't describe how delighted I was last weekend to notice that the coffee on offer was the International Roast (laughs) Caterers Blend and it was being served from a five-kilo tin. (laughs) That terrific? Isn't that great What a great observation. Terrific observation. Now, I'm not sure how old the tin is. Could I suggest the tin might be a couple of years old? Because you can't get the five-kilo tin anymore. You can't. Fair enough. And if people say, oh, well, get Pablo instead. No. You can't get Pablo anymore. Terrible. It was a beautiful Aussie blend. Mm -hmm. I think it was Australian-made Pablo coffee, and you could get that in the five kilo, and that would last you years. That would get you from one cost-of-living crisis to the next. It would. It would. Uh, This has come from Hugh in Botany. Mm Mm-hmm. He says, happy rugby league. Uh, just wanted to alert you to a sighting from last Saturday. Jared Wura Hargreaves was spotted at a gathering at Bronte Park next to Bronte Beach. I know it well. With none other than a pig on a spit the day after the roosters triumphed over the rabbits. With all the other team members there? Well, no. I can't confirm whether any other roosters were there, but no doubt JWH had heard of the bonding powers of a pig on a spit <laughs> and was confident that the wafting aromas of pig crackling over the fire would draw his teammates, hence a bonding session could ensue. That would take a fair bit of organising there. It's very uh, it's very park-like, yeah. and to get a pig on a spit down there, that would be quite an achievement. You'd have Do to... they have barbecue facilities there, HG? <clears throat> or have it's... you got to make your own fire and stuff? <laughs> See, a pig on a spit requires a bit of space. That's what I mean. Now... I can't remember. Last Saturday was quite a warm day too, I seem to remember. It was. It would have been popular down there. It was. You didn't smell it from your place? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I must confess, I mm-hmm. often I'm out sniffing for a big Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bunny today, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bunny today. Now, Daniel's been in touch. He says, uh, happy rugby league. With the murderer still at large and able, unable to find a disciple, it leaves the door open uh, sorry, it, it leaves open the chance for a documentary series. Yes. Now, Seven Media could be honoured to run such a series. There's only one man suitable for the narrating and hosting role, and that is the murderer's brother himself, Hame. I know. 
Close to the source. Yeah. This would be a four-part series run across primetime on Sunday nights each week. The format would look something like this. Part one, raising a murderer. <laughs> An interview with his parents, their reflection on how he was raised and his murderous tend- tendencies when he was growing up. Yeah. Part two, growing up with a murderer. Discussion with friends and siblings about their intimate time with the murderers at a young age and whether they had any inklings of his destruction to come. Uh, it was a great opportunity for Haim to deliver his best work with a strong self-piece, a solo interview by Haim with Haim. <laughs> Talking about growing up. Well, take us through it. Yeah, take that, us through it. Thanks for asking, Haim. Uh, part three, living with a murderer, a look into his home. Uh, they would see the bloodstained clothes and when he returns from debauchery, give a great insight on whether he's also where the bodies are buried, etc., etc. Part four, being a murderer. The last piece, a one-on-one with the murderer himself, brother to brother, enigma v enigma. <laughs> will secrets be let out or will they remain a secret? It's not a bad idea. It's an excellent it? idea. And I do see that unfairly mm. people are saying the murderer has stayed too long. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and he's ruining the AFL by staying too long. Wow. And I can't believe that. I mean, there's so many more things to do in. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to play his hand out to the end. He does. He does. Uh, he's, has he totally killed uh, the AFL in Tasmania? Well, close to, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, close to it. I mean, once you get the RSL offside. Yeah, you're in uh, trouble. It's not easy to do. I know. But you're he did it. Trouble. Yeah. Uh, this has come from Nicholas. Uh, he says, uh, I was dwelling on some of the game's greats that get mentioned in your very informative talkback program. That talk must back. have been when we had the talkback on uh, on uh, Lord Ted Goodwood. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And the That's two right, that was a few weeks ago. It's some time. Mm. It was a lively talkback section, mm. wasn't it? Uh, now, he cannot recall hearing us talk about Steve Eller, the Zip Zip Man. Oh, well. Well, we're quite happy to talk about it. Yeah, and we've probably done that in the, the zip, past. Zip Zip Man, we have. We, we'd had a Zip Zip Man special a couple of years ago. A month of a Zip month Zip. A month of nothing but Zip Zip, zip Man. Yeah. That's true. He's wondering if there's any acknowledgement of Steve Eller, the Zip Zip Man, at Parramatta Stadium. As near as I can tell, there's not. No, no. You'd think they could name a tuck shop or part yeah, of the grandstand. Yeah, an outlet. Yes. Zip Zip Man Gate. Sure, sure. No, I can't help you there at all. That's no, very sad. No, nor me, but it is very sad. But he was a terrific player. He was surrounded by terrific players. I mean, when you had Kenny and Sturlo and the Ray Crow. Price and the Crow. Yeah. Pretty hard. And, and Eric Guru Growth yeah. in that team. It's pretty hard And to... the bookends. Oh, the bookends. Lee Better and, and Bugden. Ba- Bugden. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. It was a team. That was a team. This has come from Max. Uh, well, I've never been one for conspiracy theories... I think I may have turned this week after I did a bit of careful research into the Leichhardt Oval toilets. Yes, I'm all ears. I came across a little-known document called The Inner West Public Toilet Strategy. This 189-page document is a compelling read and visually exciting with many maps and photos of Inner West public lavatories. More importantly, it sets the Inner West Council's assessment of its current public toilets including a sophisticated rating system and includes some wonderful photographs as well as some great suggestions for improvement where needed. However, to my horror, and this is where the conspiracy theory angst started to set in, there is no mention of the Leichhardt Oval number one toilets. Right. Number one. Mm-hmm. Curiously, there are mentions of the dunnies at Leichhardt Oval number two and Leichhardt Oval number three and some exciting suggestions 
uh, for how the facilities could be improved, for example, by concealing the cisterns and improving the signage at Leichhardt Oval No. 2 latrines. Uh, both great ideas, he says. Further, after hearing from a listener last week about the demountable toilets being used instead of the Leichhardt Oval No. 1 toilets, one can only conclude that the bulldozers are already revving to demolish Leichhardt Oval No. 1 toilets. Now, this has to be stopped before the bulldozers reach the gates, he says. Two observations I'd make is, yes. firstly, I, I haven't been across conspiracy issues in football no. as well as I should have, but no. your, your revelation that... Bruce McAvaney is QAnon compliant. Well, the other, I, the I'm other not day. saying whether he is or isn't, but he might be. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard him mention QAnon. No, right. And that's what makes me worried. <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's the stare. Yes. You know how when he talks to, say, Haim, yep. that laser-like stare, I think something's got to be going on here. And, you know, research, deep dives, all that sort of stuff. And the other thing is, which got nothing to do with Bruce, um, was that this week yeah. Dominic Perrottet gave an impromptu pep to what's quoted in the paper here is his beloved West Tigers. Oh, he's going to struggle this year, isn't he? As Perrottet. the New South, New South Wales Premier and NRL strugglers to over, struggles to overcome odds and celebrate a, you know, both victories this weekend. Mm. Now, there's no in this article, which is quite extensive about how he's, you know, what the problem with the team is and how... Has he got you know, any thoughts Dominic, on what the problem with the team is? <clears throat> well, of course he's got thoughts. Right. And what does he think about the toilets at number one? Like art number one. Very cute. Not a word. I bet not a word. Not a word. No. And the whole redevelopment thing, which you've been very supportive of, yeah, and getting it together and making it, you know, an excellent place to go and see rugby league. Nothing. Nothing. No, it's very disappointing. You know, to see him turn up and try and cash in on the Tigers, the winning success. Well, mm -hmm. yet to come, obviously, the winning success of the Tigers, with a you know photo op of them crossing a bridge near you know right. the oval. I mean, it was just dreadful. Yeah. Dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, keep those thoughts coming in. Okay. Now, before we oh, – we should have a song now mm -hmm. and come back with some more information. Young moderns, want your gnocchi served with a gobful delivered by a top-flight rugby league prop? Join thousands of footy fans at Fafitas on Pacific Highway Cogra and tell the head waiter Moz – you're a bludger on the blind side. A little while ago, I made a suggestion that it would be difficult to tell about uh, concussion mm. from blood and saliva tests because what I was assuming would be that that's the check that you would make on the sideline, somehow take blood and saliva and mm. see if the concussion is there. But you've come up with some information concerning yeah. how blood yeah. could be used in concussion in an interesting yeah. way. Well... <clears throat> couple of things, HG. What you alluded to just then, this idea of a, uh, a blood test that could be taken straight after someone's been, you know, hit in the head to see if there's any damage or not, that's possible and it's possibly not too far away. Wow. That sort of test. Uh, literally? Li li literally. So the hit yeah. to the head affects how the blood moves? Yes. Looks or? Yeah, well, I can't help you. No, no, no. I, I, I can't yeah. help you. Yeah. Um, but the... <sighs> To the begin with, we've got to appreciate that really concussion is what I'd call an existential threat to the game of rugby league. It is. And everyone, I think, realises that, mm -hmm. um, some more than others. Uh, concussion can cause what's called um, uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That's right. 
Now, CTE, uh, I think they call it. Yes. Sure. Now, that's uh, where the brain structure is sort of um, altered causing depression, mood swings or dementia and risk of suicide, etc., etc. Um, now, there's a gene marker that indicates a high risk of chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Now, it's called the APOE genotype, uh, and there's a, a simple test that costs about 100 bucks uh, that will give players the information about the risks involved in their continuation or playing of rugby league or other sports that involved the possibility of head injuries. So if you know that you've got this this genotype, this APOE genotype, then you run the risk of doing yourself injury. It means that uh, if in the normal living mm -hmm. you might get dementia at the age of 65 or 70, it could be accelerated by having concussions so that you start to show symptoms of dementia uh, around 35 or 40. Right. Now... <clears throat> but at least players then would be informed. If yeah. you know, you have that DNA, you have that... Questions, yeah. a lot of questions. A common in the community? Hard to know. Hard to know. Now... Hard and, to know. But, and, but significant, one imagines. Right. And the other thing is, is this something that rugby league has, mm. I don't mean cause, but has encouraged researchers to go to? No, know, no, no. no. I, was... I don't think rugby league has, has reached out at all to various uh, academic institutions who are examining and trying to, you know, look seriously at this sort of, this sort of business. But I would have thought that it would be in the interests of every rugby league player to have, the to test. have this test now to see whether they have the genetic predisposition towards getting Alzheimer's from a knock on the head. Now, else, other things, other injuries, other, and let's face it, there's millions of injuries, like yeah. the lad came off with a torn petrol muscle last night. Right. Now, I don't know if there's a test that can... Uh, no, but, that... but does the same theory apply? <laughs> Meaning that you... Well, would... I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. you can have the, your bone density examined and that will tell you whether you're more likely to get broken limbs or not playing rugby league, I suppose. Right. So... Hmm. Um, you've got two choices. Either you you say I'm going to play because I love the game, yes. or I'm going to sign a waiver that says I'm not going to hold the. Well, club it'll come to that because the, the clubs will have to legally protect themselves. Mm -hmm. So they're going to say, "All right, we've tested all the players, and now if I call out your name, stand up because each of you have this form to sign this this, this uh, you know, waiver. Well, no, you, you have this uh, genotype. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Therefore, you run the risk of doing yourself enormous damage. Now, you can sign a piece of paper here that says, I'm totally aware that I have been... Uh, tested. That, that, and... that I've tested and I do have the APOE genotype that makes me nerd, but I don't care. I love my rugby league so much that I still want to play. Okay. Now, and that's fair enough. That's a decision you can make. But at least you're informed. Right. See, at the moment, the players no, aren't informed. They don't I know. I understand. Um, now... Let's come to the uh, the downstream side of all of this. Yes. Is that his uh, uh, lad was David Sellers was writing in the paper this week saying he thinks he's suffered forty or fifty concussions right. uh, in his semi professional rugby league career. Right <clears throat> now, what happens is the police turn up on his doorstep mm -hmm. and say, "Why didn't you pay for the petrol round the corner at the Empol right. when you came in and bought some?" I haven't been to that petrol station. Oh dear. Now the difficulty is they've got him. 
on the CCTV footage of putting the petrol in the car and zooming off because he can't remember simple things in life, as in when you get your petrol, you're meant to pay for it. Right. So it just zooms off. Now, uh, here's a few things. I think society's going to have to expand its understanding of how it looks after rugby league players in the future. Maybe a special rugby league number plate. Yes. which would be able to re-record it on the CCTV footage and say, okay, it's DS, he's been in again, just bill his uh, credit card. Mm. Or just say, well, he's a rugby league player, we should cut him some slack. Now, how? Yeah. where does this go, though? Because yeah. players find it difficult to exist in society without driving cars, understandably. Sure. But then the knock-on effect of having the, geno, the mm. gene mm. and the 40 to 50 hits to the head yes. is this. Yeah. The police need to be aware of this. Well, the police will have to have some sort of input, as should the New South Wales Rugby League and the Australian Rugby League and the Queensland Rugby League and the country rugby league would have to have some... International rugby International league. rugby Well, of course. They yeah. don't, you know. Goes without saying. And it might 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 come down to having a uh, a purse of money that compensates retailers... For when rugby league players come in, you know, and leave with half a dozen pies and something else and forget to pay, mm-hmm. then that amount of money would cover the, 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 the proprietor of the store just got to phone up and say, look, rugby league players been in and they're going to say, well, how many pies did they take? Yeah. Well, half a dozen, how much are they? Yeah. And that money gets paid immediately out of that fund that the rugby league would have. Yeah. Now, That's I, what's got to happen. It's got to happen. does the law have but to But what change? you don't want, what you don't want is cunning players taking advantage of that and just walking into a store. And nicking everything. And nicking everything and then just say, it's well, right. phone up the rugby league, they'll cover it. Now, you don't want that. You, no, we no, don't want right. that. We don't. Don't, I, don't, I don't want that. Nobody wants to see that. So you've got to genuinely, you've got to be genuinely disadvantaged by rugby league. Now, how you prove that, I suppose you can prove it medically, but you don't. we don't want people banging it on. Mm. Does the law have to change? Meaning well, you, yes. Yeah, because some people, as well, you point out. Well, the law is going to have to be very, I, very sympathetic and say, all right, what, what, you're a rugby league player? Oh, all right. Did you have the test? I did. And did you have the uh, that particular genome? genome? Oh, the gen- I, yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. And what have you done? I nicked a car. Right. Where's the car now? Where's the car now? I smashed it. Mm-hmm. Right, because I don't know how to drive no more. Okay. But I love driving cars. Oh, okay. Becomes difficult, doesn't it? It does. But you can understand why. If yeah. Willy-nilly, you walk mm. in and get the six pies and a can of, you know, yeah. Fanta. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's understandable, but the police are going to come round and say, you got the pot. where are the pies? Yeah. Can, can you give them back? No, I can't. I ate them all. Where's the can of what drunk? Well, then the law's going oh, to have yeah, to be... I know. I because know. normally if I did that, mm. I'd be down at... Uh, oh, you'd you be know, frog marched yeah, straight frog down. Mar- you, you, you into would. the Waverley Court. Yes. What are you doing here again? Yes. Nelton. <laughs> <laughs> I nicked the pies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got well, but what a difficult issue this is going to be for rugby league players down the track when there is this cohort... Avalanche. Or, or avalanche, yes, yeah. of thousands of former rugby league players just running around the community willy-nilly blowing into shops, nicking off with stuff, knowing they can get away with it because the rugby league's going to play. I mean, it's just going to be a weird world. 
Six Again is a collection of rugby league's jazz classics. 24 great tunes that capture the magic of the greatest game of all. From the Katoni Stags Trio, featuring Matt Dufty on flute. Out now on Monster Music, the Blindside label. Roy, um, listen, can we just back to the Parramatta team and the uh, obviously the big win the other day, Golden Point. They've lost their first three rounds by very close margins, small margins. About four points, yeah. Yeah. Now, there is some suggestion that the Eels have copped the rough end of the pineapple when it came to draw, meeting a number of teams off buys. Mm. So I think their first three, well, obviously the first one was, uh, you know, first up, but then they've got Manly, Penrith and the Roosters. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously finalists, all fresh off a buy. Mm. Now, the defence is, is this is according to, uh, you know, people who draw up the draw, the NRL draw is an extremely complex process yes. with an enormous amount of <clears throat> competing priorities that have to be factored into the draw, according to NRL head of football, Graham Annesley. Right. Now, I think that they need to look at the draw and make it a much more simple process than trying to complicate it all the time. Yes. I mean, I, you're sure, obviously, no respect round, that's fairly easy to organise. Yeah, but yeah. some of these other rounds are extremely difficult and complicated to organise because you've got competing origin demand, you've got moving players all over the, the city, you've got that yeah. terrible magic round in Queensland and so that's on. Right. That. multicultural Multicultural yeah, round, yeah, yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Now, at times, we, we will require compromise in any draw where you have buys every week. Now, there's your problem there. Yes. And often I don't know who's got the buy after no. work three. Anyway. You've got to look it up, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. There, there will be periods of time when teams play other teams coming off a buy throughout the season. We do our best to juggle all the competing interests, including minimising the opportunity for that to happen. However, it's inevitable that there will be occasions when it does happen. It's not something we're unaware of. It's something we need to try to manage along with every other competing interest in the draw. Mm. Now, I, I mean, is it that hard to do the draw? Well. Are they putting speed bumps in the road of, you know, a, an elegant draw? Obviously the buy doesn't help. No. But, and then, um, you know, as I understand it, there are teams that are worse than the Eels with, with uh, you know, their opposition coming off a bye. Yeah. And does the bye matter? Well, the, the, the bye always allows you to do a reset, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I, I'm sure, you know, Sheens and the Brain Tr Brains Trust, West Tigers are looking forward to getting a bye. <laughs> Wouldn't they? I think you get points for doing nothing. Yes. Do you get a point? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm. That's great because mm. that's... Uh, it would make them feel buoyant, you know, when they hop into the pool at the new <laughs> training facilities. That's with, right. With the logo on the, the bottom. With the logo on the bottom. They can swim with pride over it, thinking, wow, we got one point. So Annesley said the Dolphins' arrival and the unavailability of some grounds during the FIFA Women's World Cup added to the complexity of the draw. Yes. That's where compromises need to be made. It's also about meeting club requests. Oh, club requests. Club requests. Venue availability, managing major events like Ed Sheeran concerts the, around the draw, broadcast priorities, rotation slots. There, there are factors that play into it. Yes. Now. Yeah. Well, personally speaking, I hate the draw and, and I, I think it should have gone straight to 20 teams with the Kummels in, but exactly. that, that's just me. Yeah. Now, David Rosebury's been in touch. He says, as she read Jared Hargreaves cooking a pig at Bronte, mm. I can confirm James Tedesco, Brandon Smith oh, and, wow. and Joseph Suali'i were there. They played a scratch game of touch footy with a bunch of local kids and a great time was had by all. Isn't that great? Isn't that a good story? See, 
what a mistake Suwali's made. He won't get that sort of treatment at no, the old golf fruit. No, no, not a hope. Kids aren't going to turn up for a pig. Well, no, for a bit of chocolate. <laughs> are they? They're not. No, they're not. No. Now let's take a short break, and we'll be back with uh, the story of the week, as far as I'm concerned, concerning Ukrainian rugby league. Common question. Is it true that Crusher Cleal holds the record for the most toilet doors smashed at Brookvale Oval? No. Crusher Cleal 2, Les Boyd 7, Playboy Freddie Jones 9, Hogo Morgan 11, Des Hasler 41. 37 as coach. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Over the last couple of years, we've been in contact with people in Norway in, um, you know, Denmark, in uh, parts of uh, the Baltic states, talking about rugby league, getting scores and updates and how the game's looking. And today we're pleased to announce that the game is alive and well of rugby league in Ukraine. Yes. Now, yes. this is a terrific story. It is. It starts with, in the bomb shelter, two kids in Kiev hearts, red uniforms, sit playing chess with their teammates, looking over their shoulders. In another room of the shelter, Kiev rhino players in their blue kit work their way over, you know, over the phone as way, as teenagers do all over the world. Yeah. Uh, to play their Saturday under 14 rugby league match in suburban Kiev, mo- both teams and their managers need to wait for the all clear from the air raid sirens, which is a normal part of life here. Yes. So... Ukrainian rugby league is alive and well between the bombs. Yes. We have to stick to the rules, says head coach Zabritsky. Yes. <clears throat> coach of the junior rhinos. But uh, no matter, we still get a good match. Uh, we still get in a good match today. The boys will insist on it. Yes. Now, Zabritsky, a fir- former first grade hooker, knows uh, the kids well. The Kiev Rhinos Junior Rugby League program has been affiliated with public school number 196. It's a terrific school, that. Yes. Great arts program, and yes. rugby league is foremost. They hate the Broncos there, don't they? Mm. That's the first thing. They educate. Mm. Obviously, there's a fair bit of hatred towards Russia, but that goes without saying. Oh, that, sure. That comes with the turf of being Ukrainian. Yeah. But. They do when it comes to rugby league. They mm. hate the Broncos. They hate the Broncos. Mm. Uh, Zabriskie started as a PE teacher there at one ninety six. Right. Australia's most popular football code is the, also the no, number one boys sport at the school. His players train three times a week with a game on the weekend. Three times a week. There's no war for these kids. Rugby league is the main thing keeping them normal. Isn't that great? Isn't that incredible? Here we complain about people losing their, yeah. uh, you know, their well. Wits, yeah, <laughs> wits. Mm. <laughs> there, it's normal. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Hearts and Rhinos have only missed a few weeks' training since the invasion a year ago. Even during the weeks we weren't on the paddock, we ran online training with the boys. Great. Watched games, chatted, tried to give them support when things were looking pretty bleak. They were great through it all. Rugby league motivates these kids for a future, and that's what motivates me, says Zabritsky, the coach. Isn't that fantastic? What a great story. It is. It is. And is it only in uh, School 196 HG? No. no? It does appear that there's quite a few teams. Yes. His school-based program is a pipeline of talent for both Kiev Rhinos in first-grade Ukrainian Super League, where they uh, compete against, obviously, the Hearts were mentioned, the Leave Tigers and the Turnipill Knights. Wow. And the Ukrainian National Rugby League team. So it sounds like I got four, four senior teams. It does. Were they in the World Cup? Well, I don't we'd come to that. Okay. No, they might have got 
lost in qualification. Yes, they might have too. Obviously, taken out by Lebanon or something like that. Yeah. Right, won't happen again. Right. Now, mercifully, the air alert passes without any rockets. Some thousand of which have been fired on Ukraine in recent months. Yeah. On a cold early spring day under grey sky, two teams face off in an exhibition match, ten minute quarters, played with full contact on astroturf surface behind their school. Right. Their little brothers and clubmates fill, uh, play the under eights. Uh, in the in the in the breaks, right. so while they're having a rest. Yeah. Now, uh, let's see. Uh, well, Arthur Matias Russian, mm-hmm. uh, standing with his league mates, is an imposing presence on the sideline. He's in full combat uniform, stands 190 centimetres tall, weighs 120 kilos, and he's a former triple first grader in league union and gridiron. Wow! So he knows the codes. Yeah. For most of the year, Arthur Artur. Uh, 46 has served as private first class with the armed forces of Ukraine. Between patrols, he continues to meet his duties as a long-serving president of Ukrainian Rugby League Federation. So he's the main man. When I'm off duty, it's a chance to keep doing something positive and to contribute to a better future. Besides, it's in my blood since I was a kid. My dad was a leading sports admin guy here. I love league because it's about a team. You're always sacrificing for your mates in order to succeed. Now, this is the bit I like. With patience, passion and humour. They're your rugby league building blocks. They are, aren't they? Patience, passion and humour. Artur has spearheaded the growth of league in Ukraine since 2007, starting with nothing. Ukrainians have most notably won a European Nines tournament. Before the war, they were competitive in Group B of the European Cup. I didn't know that. There was an international test coming up in October, or there is an international test coming up in October versus Norway and Greece. Whoa! A three-way test? Wow. World Series Rugby League. Yes. Now, they're hoping to get the costs together to enable travel, etc. Right. Artur hopes that more help from UK, the Kiev Rhinos are affiliated with the Leeds Rhinos. Good. Uh, Ukrainian first first grade have played with the Milford Marlins from Australia, the epicentre of the code they love. Now, they nominate their favourite teams as the Rabbits, Panthers, West Tigers or the Eels, who share the Ukrainian colours of blue and gold. Right. Now, Nathan Cleary, the grandmother's Ukrainian background, recently hosted Booster Their Spirits by calling for heritage players in Australia and elsewhere to come out for the Ukrainian national team. Obviously, people you know, with some Ukrainian blood in them should, uh, according to Cleary, think line up for the match. Now, well, that is fantastic. Would it be possible, HG, to have a round played in Kiev? My thoughts exactly. Now, we might not be able to get it for points because that would require a lot of travel and yeah. shipping things over and a lot of security. But maybe we could send maybe the reserve grade. Oh, a flag, bit of flag. Or Harold Matthews Cup. They'd yes, know all about the Harold Matthews Cup would, there. They would. And some of the stars, maybe we can't send current stars, but people who have recently retired. Yes. Um, I mean, Nathan Hindmarsh would love to go over and represent, obviously, an eel, sure. a famous eel, you know, talk about rugby league in Australia and – what it meant yeah. to him and how pleased he is to see the root, the green shoots yes. uh, yeah. of the game there. Now, yeah. according to... That is a wonderful, wonderful story. Now, coming back to uh, these armed forces of Ukraine, the decorated commander who he mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, before the war ran a successful boat accessories business, Victor says, I've changed. I've cried more this year than in my entire life when we realised that the Russians don't take POWs and they saw them, obviously, the destruction at uh, Buka, if I've got the town right, we realised that there was no going back. Mm. Rugby League has given these kids so much during the war. 
Teamwork, friendship, when the war started, when they were just little boys, now they're almost men, stronger, bonded together, because they're here. It's it's more than just a sport. Rugby you know, league, yes. It's normal. Yes. And, of course, they play and no one seems to worry about the score. And the old cliche ends the article was rugby league was the winner today yes. in Ukraine. Isn't that wonderful? It's a great story, isn't it? It is a great story. Now, I'm just wondering if something could be done. I mean... Well, could a round here be dedicated to... to Ukrainian, Ukrainian rugby league? Ukrainian rugby league. Well, that's not Just be acknowledged idea. in some way. Maybe have the ambassador, the Ukrainian do the ambassador, kick-off. do the kickoff or something. Something. Or ring the bell. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely right. I'm just wondering if some sort of... Um, they don't sound as though they're short of things to... Do yeah. with, in terms of Could some Guernseys be yeah, set well, over and some idea. balls and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, that's how we got rugby league started in Melbourne. Uh, we oh, sent, that's right. Each primary school got a ball or something. And $1,000. And $1,000. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes. And a whistle. A whistle, yeah. One of those thunderers. Or yeah. Or could they, I mean, obviously uh, they can see all this online. Yeah. Or, you know, and the replays online. And so. Oh, they would. It'd be, you know, it'd be on YouTube, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, so what would happen would be, it'd be great if some of the people they see on YouTube could somehow be able to go. Well, that's see, what I mean. Yeah. See, oh. I, was I see if to... Jared were a Hergraves, turned up and with a pig on a spit in a park in Keith. I know. I know. Can you imagine what it would the do? impact that would have? Hey, leaguies, stop losing money on the punt and start owning a piece of the action. The Rooting King team can tip you into the ready-to-race for Landy's Trouser. Five-sevenths of this electrifying three-year-old is owned by top football types, including Bruce McAvaney and Piggy Riddell. Weed and Bruce are now syndicating the back end. Snare a winning pair of equine buttocks through bludging on the blind side. Now, I'm just wondering if some well, of the, Max sorry. is wondering whether the no respect round could be played in Kiev. That's not a bad idea, is it? Can I just slot And up? he also wonders whether the sports bet would be covering the Ukraine-Norway game. He wants to get on board. Well, of course they would. Wouldn't they? Would that have a same-day multi? Yes. A first try first score? First try scorer. Score at half-time? Yeah. You know, final, should the lights go out, etc. All sure. those things. They'd be right across that. Yep. Now, can I just ask whether you think it would be a good idea for those teams that would like to be part of the Rugby League world in Australia to make a gesture? So I'm going to use the Bears as an example, but I don't mean to limit it to the Bears. If the Bears took the remaining registered players to Kiev and demonstrated... The North Sydney Bears. The North Sydney Bears Mm -hmm. and said, we're here demonstrating hands across the water, long way to come, etc. But we'd like to press upon you Mm -hmm. that... Next time there's a rugby league competition, we'll be part of it. Yes. As in part of the NRL because we'll be the next team in. I I mean, obviously I can't speak on behalf of Volandis. I mean, I have no authority to do that. No. But I'd like to think that a gesture like that Mm -hmm. or the Kummels. Yes. I'm not sure how many headhunters there are, but I'd like to think that the headhunters would be possible. I think they play in the... Uh, Queensland competition. Queensland, they, mm. they do. So they could go. They do. And then I'm just... Are you suggesting the Kummels could go to Kiev yeah. and put on a demonstration match? Well, what would be great is Bears v Headhunters. Yes. Just as an idea. Yeah. In Kiev. Or the New South Wales, uh, sorry, the oh. Queensland Police. 
And the New South Wales police. And the New South Wales police go over and put on an exhibition. I mean, that would be wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Well, can I just say, I just hope there, I don't mean to be unkind this, I hope we don't divert mm. too much of the medical attention away from obviously the most important part oh, of Oh, no, the... we'd have to send medical staff. Good. Definitely. And can I ask, do you think a multicultural aspect to this should be part of it too? Mm. Meaning I, I, I just love what the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs did with their multicultural week, I think it was. It was. Beforehand. You know, fancy dress and yes. national costume and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Now, wouldn't that expand blow minds in Kiev? It would. To see people coming in the, in the weird shirts and the grass skirts yes. and all that sort of stuff. It yeah. It's just fantastic. And again, the pig on the spit. Pig on the spit. Which with, I think with is... With Jared there doing, doing the carving. Beautiful. And are you are you thinking that I mean, you know, I know I know we get into trouble because we're on the ABC. Mm-hmm. I've just spoken for twenty minutes basically about how rugby league is going great guns in Ukraine. Mm. Do you think we need to spend twenty minutes talking about how great rugby league is in Russia? Oh, to be even handed. Well, unfortunately I'm Well, I can tell there. you there's no there's no rugby league in Russia. They find it far too democratic. They hate it. Footy heads, it's on again. The Aussie Invader Tour of Rugby League venues led by Wombat Warren Negus. 294 venues in seven days, including Watsford Oval, AMI Stadium, Wynn, the birthplace Birchgrove, and finishing up at PointsBet. Details and departure dates at Bludging on the Blind Side. And a story we didn't get to last week, which we should have, was um, Aussie cricket legend Adam Gilchrist has rushed to respond to the baffling report he's secretly worth $380 million. $380 million? Gilly. The legend who wicked he says he laughed off the claim that he's the richest cricketer on the planet in a bizarre, well, obviously social media exchange. Right. The 51-year-old wasted no time last week correcting the viral Twitter post from World Index that named him in the net worth of a staggering 380 million. The post viewed by more than 600, well, the post has been viewed more than 600,000 times, yeah. made the amateur error of mistaking the cricket hero with the F45 co-founder who shares his name. All right, yes. Now, he's the top here in the 10 uh, richest cricketers in the world. There's Gilly, Sachin Tendulkar, MS Dhoni, Virat Kohli. Yes. Ricky Ponting. Jack Callis, Brian Laura, uh, Brian Brenda, Lara with that Lara, name? sorry, yeah. Lara. Yep. That was a mistake. I was looking at the next one. Uh, then we've got uh, finishing up. Well, Steve Smith, he sneaks into the top ten. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I thought the, the 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 story I saw suggested that Gilly had a a hidden. No, that's right. A that's hidden right. fortune. Uh, a, yes. A mystery hidden that, fortune. Well, the baffling report is secretly worth. Secret. Yeah. Did you think that you've been round to his place? Sure. Uh, you know, did, did you worry that there was a lot of money just lying around the joint there? You know, huge chunks of it. Well, Gilly's always struck me as being, and I'm sure he won't mind me telling this story, as a lucky sort of bloke. Mm-hmm. Gilly, because he was telling me, he bought a, um, the house he was in required a hell of a lot of renovation. It was a federation house, mm-hmm. HG. And uh, the way he told the story is that he was looking at the chimney, the old chimney, mm-hmm. with the view to maybe knocking it out or doing something with it. 
because it just didn't seem right burning logs anymore. We don't warm we our don't houses do that. that way. We no. don't. We don't. And what he found was uh, a, a, one of the bricks moved and behind the brick was a small box filled with jewels. Whoa! Jewels. These were rubies and... Now, didn't that same thing happen to Kerry Packer once? He I bought a did. property yes, and he did. a lot of That's right. uh, garnets or That's right. sapphires yeah, or something Indeed, all of that. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I don't so know. So Gilly had the same experience. Same experience. I don't know if there's any relationship between what uh, Kerry Packer found on his property and what Gilly Is had it? in his chimney. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but when he looked closely at the brick that he pulled out, the loose brick behind which was the jewel box, Yeah. The brick was made of gold. I knew you were going to say that. I didn't know this story, but yes. I knew you were saying that, going to say that. Yeah. Must have weighed a ton. Well, it would have. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. that's what drew Gilly's attention to it. How the, big well, it was. This brick seems far too heavy. And it would it had been gold that had been painted to look like a brick. And then he found that each of the bricks in that chimney were all gold. All wow. of them. The golden chimney. The golden chimney. Now, that's, I, I don't know what gold is at the moment. It's something like, oh, I don't it's know. Like $1,200. Oh, it's nearly, what, 2000 American per kilo whatever. or something, whatever. Whatever the measure is. Whatever the measure. I think it's less than a kilo. It's less than a kilo, <laughs> yeah. Ounce, perhaps. Ounce. Ounce. Yeah. But anyway, Gilly must have had several million in that chimney, not to mention the, the, the jewels as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Several hundred million. Several hundred million, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. So that's how I, I – that's what I understood to be the, the, the story. Right. I didn't right. know they were confusing him with some other bloke <laughs> with, the, with the name Adam Gilchrist who'd made a fortune. Out no, I'm not saying there's anything illegitimate about – I mean, Gilly can't help it if he just – He finds it golden finds, chimney. Yeah. I mean, you can't, blame, you can't take it away from the bloke no, no. and you can't blame the bloke. Mm. You, or you just got to say, oh – yeah, well, well, good luck, Gilly. That's great. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I make no judgment. No. I mean, Gilly wasn't being big-headed about it. Are you suggesting... But what I'm suggesting is if you are in a Federation home and it has got an old chimney... Have a look. Have a look inside. Yeah. yeah. Because you might have the luck of the Gilly. <laughs> might now. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm just wondering um, if people in gold... Producing areas like of Australia. Like Bendigo, Ballarat. Yeah, all, all those. Yeah. Kalgoorlie. Kalgoorlie. Are yeah. more likely to have the golden chimney at well, their Well, people place. travel a lot in those days, HG. Ah. And often if you left the gold fields to go and live somewhere else, you'd take your gold with you. And then you didn't know what to do with it. You didn't want to have it nicked. So you'd move into your house, say it's a Federation house or just before that, Victorian house, something like that with a chimney. First thing you'd do was, would be knock a brick out. That was traditional. And that's where you hid things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people still do. People who have chimneys will still have a loose brick with something behind it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful story. It and is a, wonderful a great story. Connecting the past with the present yeah. and enormous fortunes. And have you calculated, I mean, it's very hard to do quickly, right. how much uh, you know money could be tied up here? Yeah. Remember, of course, they always saying great people have got lots of change around their houses and if they only put that back into the economy, it would uh, you know, increase the... Ah. You know, the value of yeah. the economy by, say, $600 billion, Sure. You know, because they've all got five well, cents. Well, I, I have no insight into that, actually. All I can say with some small authority um, is that the amount of gold that was uh, dug up 
in Bendigo, Ballarat, to a lesser extent the young mm, area, the young area yeah. which had a lot of alluvial gold. Uh-huh. Uh, of that gold that was mined, only 3% has been accounted for. <laughs> so 97% of that gold is in chimneys. Is in chimneys. Wow. Or yeah. hidden somewhere. Yeah. So if you're in an old property, just have a look and just have put yourself around. in the mind of a miner <clears throat> and think, well, I've got all this gold. Where am I going to hide it? Yeah. If you had a metal detector, does gold show up on a metal detector? It would. It would. Yeah. I feel sure it would. So run the metal detector R- over uh, your chimney. Under your chimney, yes. Yeah. And if you have any luck, give us a shout. Yeah. And that's it for the uh, bludge this week. Obviously, we'll continue many of these stories next week and in weeks to come. And, mm. you know, follow the um, – the, uh, Evolving story of hate and rugby league and, of course, the success story of rugby league in the Ukraine. Uh, Join us next week, same time, same place. And remember the podcast. If you've missed the last two hours of your life, you can get it back by listening to the podcast. Uh, Go to ABC Grandstand and follow the links. Now, bye now from Bludging on the Blindside. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.